Before we get to the show, here's a quick message from MR Insurance, a small business that helps physicians with their disability insurance needs. Michael L. Ralvis is a CFP professional and insurance agent committed to helping physicians nationwide with their term life and disability insurance needs. He provides an objective, transparent, and education-focused process that aims to help physicians make prudent decisions and avoid overcomplicating things. He exclusively offers own occupation disability insurance policies for residents, fellows, and attending physicians. We know he'd be happy to help you with whatever your needs are. You can find Michael at drpodcastnetwork.com slash mrinsurance or contact him at 800-817-4522. Welcome to the Talk to Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. For my returning listeners, thank you so much. For my new listeners, you're in the right place, because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests and content from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. Today, we have a recording of a lecture I've given a few times to resident programs across the country, as well as a special appearance on the Doctors on Social Media, Somi Docs, platform that is run by Dr. Donna Coriel, who's been a guest on this show twice. The talk is titled, How to Approach Starting a Side Gig as a Physician. Listen in. All right, everybody, this is Andrew Tisser. Um, today, we're going to be talking about how to approach starting a side gig as a physician. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Andrew Tisser. I'm a physician career strategist, as well as the host of the Talk To Me Doc podcast for early career physicians. In my day and night job, I work as an emergency physician, as well as the director of our local urgent care. All right, let's get started. So the first question is, why, doctor? I mean, you get paid well, you have a really good job. Um, why a side gig? Well, lots of reasons. A lot of people start a side gig for financial goals. That is a little extra money, um, 1099 income. For those of you who were at my financial literacy talk, 1099 is um, one way we can get paid. Or traditional way to get paid is through what's called a W-2, where you have an employer and you're the employee. If you have a side gig bringing in money, technically, you're a business owner. Uh, and so you get money on what's called a 1099 aspect, whether that's from a different company that you work for as a freelancer or by doing on your own. And getting paid as a 1099 has a lot of great benefits. Uh, a huge one that we talk a lot is the ability to deduct business expenses from your taxes. So that's, uh, that's a big reason people allow it. Uh, excuse me, uh, do it. Um, the other thing is the ability to put much more money into retirement accounts. As you are earning money under self-employment status, you're able to open what's called a SEP IRA or a self-directed 401k, which is outside the scope of this talk, but allows you to sock away a lot more money into retire retirement funds than your normal 401k would allow you to do. So those are some of the financial reasons. Another reason for having a side gig is the diversification of income streams. I think COVID has shown everyone that our jobs, while we thought were completely untouchable, are not, and physicians are replaceable like anyone else, uh, especially right now in the emergency medicine field, the worst job market we've ever seen. So having multiple income streams helps protect your livelihood. 
Another reason is working towards something after training. A lot of times people, um, how do I put this? So you work your whole life uh, to get somewhere, right? So you work in college to get into a good med school and you work throughout med school to get into a good college, excuse me, to get into a good residency. And then you work in residency to be the best doctor you can be. And then you get out and then you're done. And a lot of people have this crisis that this is what I'm going to do for the next 40 years. This is, this is all there is. I'm just going to go to work and see my patients and come home. So having a side gig or a side project gives a lot of people something to work towards. Uh, and that's really uh, helps prevent burnout quite a bit. And another reason is just following your interests and passions. Perhaps you just really love X, Y, and Z. And, and so this allows you to do that. So the next question is, well, what can I do? What are my options? All right, so here's an exhaustive list. You can do locums. You can do clinical trials. You could do chart review or utilization management, medical surveys, legal work, telemedicine, consulting. Uh, you could do concierge medicine. You could be a lab director, a medical director. You could work on affiliate marketing. You could start a blog or a podcast. You can do advertising. You can do um, pharmacal vigilance. Excuse me. You can do medical writing. You can develop courses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The point of this is, is there there is so many options for having a side gig, a side income, or a side project. I would never be able to give you an exhaustive list. The next question I get often from my clients or friends or colleagues is, I don't have any interests. So what am I going to do? I can't have a side business or a side project or a side gig because I don't have any interests. So there's a few ways to approach this. Uh, first question I ask is kind of a tough one, but what would you do if your degree disappeared? All right, so you woke up tomorrow and you're you're not a doctor anymore. You can't be a doctor. So what would you do? And I like to take it outside of, well, I you know, I have student loans, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, let's say you woke up tomorrow and you couldn't be a doctor. What would you do? And this is a really interesting question. And I've gotten really, really vast like the spectrum of answers to this question. So think about it. What would you do if your degree disappeared? The next question, what would you do if you could not fail? All right, so you have the golden touch. Any venture you go through, you will succeed. You could do anything and you can do it well. What would you do if you could not fail? If failure were not even possible, what is it that would interest you? And the next one, is an important one to ask yourself. So change the narrative a bit. Who are you versus what should I do? So what are your core values? What is your why? Right, so, and this isn't to get real hokey here. I wanna talk about what makes you tick because in order to figure out what you should do, you need to talk about who you are as a person and what resonates with you. Because for example, aesthetics is awesome, but I would not do well in aesthetics. It doesn't it doesn't work with who I am as a person. So who are you rather than what should I do? And then after that, after the who I am and what what if I have no interest question, the next question is what's holding you back? What's stopping you from starting something, right? And well, there are common barriers that we see, confidence. So this comes back to what would you do if you could not fail, right? So perhaps it's, you know, you're worried. You're worried you're going to fail. It's scary. Uh, but one of the things I told one of my clients that really changed her point of view in regards to starting a new venture was when when you're a doctor and you screw up, 
it could be really bad, right? Somebody could die. Uh, something really bad could happen to a patient if you screw up. So we're in, we're this is ingrained into us that if we do, if we have a misstep, if we fail, so to speak, that something really bad could happen. In business or in a lot of these other ventures, all you're going to lose is maybe a little time and a little bit of money. Um, you, nothing bad is going to happen to you. So that's that's one perspective in regards to confidence. Financial barriers. Okay, so all uh, starting a business is really expensive. It doesn't have to be. Depends on what you're, you know, if you want to go out and open 10 urgent cares, yeah, that's going to take some money. Um, whereas if you wanted to start an online-based business, um, that doesn't take much money. And don't forget those wonderful things we call write-offs that we talked about before. Uh, and in that regard, um, a lot of your startup expenses can be deducted. Of course, talk to your accountant. I'm not a qualified accountant. Um, so financial is another big one. And then time, right? So there's not enough time in the day. I am such a busy doctor. I can't, I can't do anything on the side. I mean, very well, this may be true. Or sometimes, um, you're able to buy down your clinical time after you've developed a side gig that's bringing in money. Um, the other thing is a lot of us do this on our time off, either in the early mornings or in the late evenings. You know, I, I do it all the time. I set hard barriers in regards to family time, but I wake up really early sometimes to work on my various projects uh, and I get it in when I can because it's important to me. So if you really want something, you will find the time. And sometimes this is really what you need to work your way out of burnout. Uh, What else is holding you back? Risk. So financial risk. Again, we talked about this a bit. It depends. I mean, I'm not telling you to go out and take out a $100,000 business loan unless unless that's something you really want to do. Oftentimes, the financial risk in the startup phase is is low in regards to starting a side gig. Reputation. Now, this is another big one. What will people think of me if I start a uh, low-carb dieting company or if I really want to get into expert legal work? What will my colleagues think of me? And the truth of the matter is, is that people don't care that much about what you do than you think. I know it's hard to hear, but really, uh, oftentimes, uh, people think it's pretty neat. It's that it's a it's a cool thing that you're doing, whatever it may be. So I think this is uh, much more played up in your head than it is uh, reality. And then the other thing, what's holding you back? I have no idea how to get started. Okay, well, uh, depends on what you want to do. Oftentimes, mentors or coaches, that is... Uh, I've, that's how I found a lot of my success is working with someone who's done it before or someone who specializes in it. The other great thing is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is amazing and I think underutilized by physicians. Um, there's great places to network on there. And the other thing is Facebook groups. There's groups dedicated to almost everything with plenty of knowledge and plenty of people willing to help. And especially I found in the business world, people are very often willing to share their expertise. So practically speaking, you know, you, we have to talk about a couple of things. The development of a brand. Um, there are plenty of people that can help you online with development of a brand, but uh, depends on the what you're going to do here. Are you going to have yourself as a brand? Uh, for example, Andrew Tisser DO is my brand in regards to physician career strategy, whereas Talk to Me Doc is my general business structure under my LLC, right? So um, you need to brand yourself or you need to create a brand. And what is your business structure? So are you going to go out there and form an LLC right away? Are you going to be a sole proprietor? Uh, This sounds pretty complicated, but it really isn't. And we also have to talk about hobbies versus businesses. The IRS has some rules in regards to who can take a business deduction uh, and whether or not 
what you're doing is a hobby or a business. And at the end of the day, it really relates to income. But I would talk to your accountant about that as well. The next thing, if we're starting a business, is there a need? Can it make money, right? This is very important because if there is a need, but you can't make any money, then it's not a business, right? And if it can make lots of money, but there's no need, then perhaps you're not going to make any, you're not going to make any money. Um, So that's where market research comes into play. You really got to do your research and figure out if there is a need and uh, whether or not it can make money. And this is really in regards to businesses themselves. Uh, But certainly some of the other side things you can do um, where you work for someone else, like chart review and legal work, um, there's always a need. And then do you need to tell your employer? The short answer is probably yes. A lot of times I'm recommending to my clients and other people I work with right now is something called a branding clause, where basically all your intellectual property uh, in your contract is yours to keep. Because you don't want to get be very successful and then 10 years down the road, your company comes to you, your hospital system and says, hey, uh, I get a share of that because of XYZ in the contract. So speak to your attorney about this. Uh, at the very least, I would tell the powers that be at your company, what you're up to, um, and get permission in writing, uh, just to protect yourself and be patient. Starting a business, starting a side project, starting a side gig takes a lot of time. And oftentimes you're not going to, you're not going to be profitable at first. And that's okay. Uh, as long as you have a general scheme of what you're working towards, uh, and, and again, you did your market research and you understand that uh, some of these things just take a lot of time. So uh, thank you for listening. Again, this is, uh, I'm going to open this up for questions, but um, again, this is about side gigs and side businesses. And I think uh, all physicians should have something on the side, if anything, uh, just to keep them intellectually in the game, so to speak. What a great show. Before we end, don't forget to reach out to MR Insurance Consultants, where their goal is to assist physicians in obtaining the most comprehensive coverage available to fit their unique situation. Reach out for both excellent and quality service at drpodcastnetwork.com slash mrinsurance. Well, that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoyed my talk on side gigs and side businesses for physicians. If you like the show, please leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is visit my website at andrewtisserdo.com. That's Andrew T-I-S-S-E-R-D-O.com, where you can find a free four-part video series about my path from burnout, starting in medical school, all the way to career satisfaction, with lots of actionable tips along the way. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Thank you again for listening. And remember, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.